morning from sunny Savannah. The uh, studio's Victory North, Savannah's coolest concert venue. Glad to be here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Good morning, Walter. Morning, Mark. North Point of View, matching shirts. Mention that. You get, what is it, two drinks on Friday? Two drinks on Friday. At the Savoy. And the tacos on Tuesday. Okay. Right. <laughs> We're going to jump into inflation this morning. A lot of talk. Maybe a month ago, there was an article that you and I sort of called out that they were saying the Fed wasn't going to raise rates for another year and a half. And you sort of said, nah, yeah. that's a long way off to speculate. Well, we got some news today. Maybe the temporary is not temporary on inflation. Mm -hmm. A lot of data. First, big picture cost being passed on now to the consumer. There's got to be a push for increased pricing. There's got to be some inflation sort of in the mix at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, separate the producer's inflation from the consumer's inflation. Okay. So for the consumer, if you take out energy and food, because those are very volatile things. The inflation is running about five, five and a half percent for the last couple of months. And it's actually ticked down a little bit. Unfortunately, I don't really like looking at inflation without food and energy. And it's not the energy part, but the one segment of the consumer world that where you're seeing consistent inflation is in food. Right. You know, I used to uh, spend 50 bucks to get about four bags of groceries at Kroger's. And uh, now for 50 bucks, I get two bags. And I just, just have to look do it that way. Get a half a bag of Whole Foods. Exactly. Sorry about that. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so on the consumer side, we're seeing five, five and a half percent. On the producer side, just on commodities alone, their inflation rate is up 20% over last year. Their producer price index 20% higher today compared to last year. Now that does not include labor. Labor costs are rising at a much faster rate than they did before. Right. Wages, the last date I saw said 5%. But if I talk to the guys who run supply chains, they laugh at that. They say, no way. We're, we're looking at the distribution center workers who a year and a half ago were paid 12 bucks an hour, now getting over 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and still waiting for people. I know in our, our office. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're looking for people. Yeah. Can't find them. Can't pay them enough. Exactly. So it's, it's anyway, I, I, by the way, I saw a really interesting article the other day about some recruiters trying to give people some healthy advice because it's not just about the salary. It's also about providing other services like childcare, you know, make the employee's life a little easier for them to be able to come to work. Yeah, you got to get Benny's. You got the safety issue. I know that's been in the paper too. Oh, a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but. And you, so we've got higher commodity prices, higher labor costs, and then transportation costs going through the roof. Truck rates are much higher. We have a shortage of truck drivers. You can see in the, in the monthly data that the tender rejection rate continues to be really high. And, and on the main routes, by tender rejection rate, I mean, I'm referring to those contracts you have with two or three truck providers, service providers, and you tender a contract to them and all three say, nay, you know, go to the spot market. And the rejection rates are running north of 25% in most of the main truck lane markets in the US. So truck costs are higher. The railroads are charging more. They've got surcharges for, for congestion. And the ocean carriers just come up with one surcharge after another. But basically, the transportation industry just 
the demand for its capacity is so high that it's doing the best it can to allocate the scarce capacity. And the reason the whole inflation issue matters, especially to people who manage supply chains and therefore distribution centers, is that at some point you have to pass that cost on. Sure. But if you're the only one who does, who raises your prices, then you lose a sale to somebody else. And it's already tough because store shelves that run empty, and we know inventories are low, we just talked about that the other day. If I can't buy brand X toilet paper, but brand Y is available, I'll go buy it. Yeah, I saw some information you probably saw too, that profit margins are being squeezed uh, currently. Yeah, very heavily. So, of this. Yeah. Yeah. so you need to raise your price and risk losing market share. You also need to get your goods into, into onto the shelves or you risk losing market share. So it's a, it's a very difficult issue for supply chain managers at the moment. What's the, what's the net impact on inflation? Where, where, do you see, where do you see us headed right now? On the producer price side, I think their real inflation rate is north of 20%. Huge. Yeah, huge. And I see the consumer price index staying in that mid-single-digit range for at least you know another 6 to, to, to 18 months. Which is sort of an uptick from what we were hearing last quarter, right? That's correct. And not to, this was probably a conversation for another podcast, but you're sort of one of those guys that like inflation, right? Yes, I do. And I'll tell you why. Because, and it's a really good question, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this short, but basically deflation is a prelude to a depression. Because when prices drop, the farmers who borrowed money to go buy seeds, expecting to sell the crop for, you know, say, you know, a dollar a, a, you know, a bushel, if you have deflation and you can only sell your crop for 80 cents a bushel, you're not going to get enough money to pay your debts. And so if you can't pay your debts, you turn the land over to the banks. The banks are now getting all of these farms, trying to sell them to somebody else. But the other people who have money have their own problems. And as the credit issues spread through the economy, more and more businesses shut down, more and more assets are turned over to the, to the owners of capital and the economy starts to wind down very badly. And that's basically what happened in the 1930s in the United States. Actually, it started in the late 20s, but that's another story. Uh, look at Japan, how their economy struggled. They spent the 90s and the, most of the last 30 years yeah. in deflation. Yeah. So in the US, we have been fighting deflation for a long time. As, as, as we started moving the factories into other countries where the labor was cheaper, the, the cost of those goods dropped. I remember in the 90s, remember you used to buy a microwave you know, from Sears and it was 150 bucks. By the time you got to the middle 2000s, you know, 2005 or so, you could walk into a, into a store, a Target, and buy a, the same microwave for 20 bucks. And so that structural- wow, microwave for $20? It was a crap, crappy microwave. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting that one in my house. Anyway, I get your point. No, exactly. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good one, right? I mean, <laughs> you do not. So basically, we, we, you know, we've been fighting structural right. deflation for a long time. The, the Fed has been very concerned about it. Europe has the same problem. And if you look around the world, in many bond markets, the 10-year bond yield for sovereign government bonds, it's negative. Right. So, um, so this has been an issue for the, uh, you know, for the major central bankers for quite some time. So a little bit of inflation, sort of like a little bit of salt on your food. Mm -hmm. 
it's good. Yeah, it's good. It puts a little bit of a of a, of a extra protection from us sliding into some really nasty situation, which mm-hmm. almost happened to us in two thousand and eight. We were right. so close to a Great Depression. Right. Yeah, and I know people get hyper fixated on inflation, but you know your point. You know, makes all the sense in the world. Where without some of it, we're going the wrong way. Yeah. So look at it this way: new industries like computers suffer from deflation, right? They invent a new product, people buy it. The other guys go, "Hey, great! Look at this! Everybody's buying this. Let's make some too." So you always got that competitive pressure pushing the price down of the product. Older industries that have already consolidated, like cereals, those guys, uh, if inflation goes up, they just pass it on. And if there isn't much cost push to them, then they just keep the prices where they are. So if you target for the economy 0% inflation, all the new industries are going to suffer even worse deflation. And the new industries is where the growth comes from. Exactly. So you want some inflation. The target shouldn't be 0%. It should be what Milton Friedman, the Nobel laureate, said years ago, 2%. Target 2. And that's what the Fed has been trying to do, but they haven't been able to for at least 15 years. So they're, they're thrilled to see something over 2. Absolutely. Walter, fascinating. Appreciate your insights. Good to see you, man. Hey, absolutely. Good All talking right. to you. All right. See you. Take care. Thanks, guys.